All right, I'm here with David Deutsch. David, thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me. Sure. So we live in a world of classical programmable computers that have been very successful in solving all sorts of problems in our civilization. And researchers are also making strides in quantum computing. So given our civilization's success in employing concepts like information and computation, why was a constructive theory of information necessary in the first place? It arose out of uh, several motivations, uh, initially just from constructive theory itself, because we needed to um, uh, formulate rigorous concepts of things like measurement and possibility that didn't rely on existing, on particular physical theories like quantum theory. So we needed to know what it means in principle for, say, a theory of physics to support information. Because if you, if you think of laws of physics, uh, any old logically possible laws of physics, there wouldn't be information in the, in the worlds that they describe. So what does it take to, to uh, make information? Now, in, if you were confined to quantum theory, you'd say, well, um, uh, a, a, an observable can store information if it can, um, if it has an observable with at least two uh, distinct states which are measurable. And something like that would do in quantum theory. Uh, but then a quantum theory is a Hermitian operator and it has orthogonal states and all those things are rooted in just quantum theory. And we want a thing that will apply to all theories, including ones that haven't been invented yet, all reasonable theories. In fact, this will be usable as a criterion for whether a, a proposed theory is reasonable. So what is it about information that makes the prevailing conception of physics, namely expressing laws of physics in terms of initial conditions and dynamical laws of motion, so difficult to capture, whereas constructor theory, which is all about possible and impossible transformations or tasks, yeah. seems much more up to the task, as it were, of explaining so and it. capturing the regularities in, in, of information? Yes, that's exactly why. It, it's, it's because um, constructor theory um, has uh, counterfactual properties at its heart. So possible and impossible are both counterfactual concepts and information is inherently counterfactual. For example, um, if, if, if I, I say that, um, uh, well, let's suppose uh, somebody measures a constant of nature, like pi or something, um, now, you can't use pi to send or store information because pi only ever has one value. Um, whereas, um, whether, a, uh, for example, whether a, a spin of an electron is pointing up or down, if, um, it can be used to store information. And if you have more than one spin and they can interact in certain ways, then they can be used not only to store information, but to process information. And so uh, we, we, using quantum theory, we can establish, sorry, <laughs> using constructor theory, we can establish the minimum criteria for a physical system to be able to store information 
and to be able to process information, which is what makes um, computation classical and quantum possible. And then, then you can say, here's, a, the, the, here's our defined class of conceivable laws of physics, which allow information to exist and information processing, which means among other things, it allows measurement and computation and therefore uh, growth of knowledge. And it, the rest uh, would not allow that. And we, we won't be looking there for potential laws of physics because those laws wouldn't allow physics to happen. So following that argument, would you say that's uh, a, the similar, a similar argument could be made for um, why it was important to establish concepts like measurement and distinguishing between outcomes of an experiment, which you've touched on in constructive theoretic terms, because it makes it then um, easier to look for future uh, object level laws of physics that must conform to the constructive theoretic definitions of these concepts? Yes, uh, of course, it, it is possible that constructive theory as we conceive of it isn't true. And, and that somebody invents a um, a theory of physics which violates the principles of constructive theory. So there is no such thing in under that theory as, for example, information or measurement or computation, but that nevertheless, the theory is testable in some sense that transcends our present concepts. But even then, that would be useful because if you had such a theory on the horizon, and it looked as though, for example, it wasn't going to allow measurement, therefore it wasn't going to allow science as we know it to exist, then that would be an early indication, either that the proposed theory isn't true, or if it is true, that it requires a conceptual revolution larger than one would at first thought think, because such a theory might arise by just changing a, a few innocent looking parameters in quantum theory and you might then get a theory that didn't support science and you'd then you'd have more than just technical difficulties in physics you'd have um, profound philosophical difficulties in setting up that theory as well and you'd construct a theory would have been an early indication of that but i don't think that's going to happen i think that future theories are going to conform to constructive theory but that's just what i think yeah i i guess time will tell so yes. let's talk about uh, classical information in particular, um, which is the world of bits, as most people are familiar with them. Uh, what is yes. classical information in constructor theory? And by expressing classical information in constructor theoretic language, what problem or problems have you solved? Um, so the, the, the um, definition of classical information under constructor theory is that uh, the, the uh, system is, is an information medium if it can be in at least two uh, different states, which uh, can be, um, the states can be permuted by possible operations. That is the operations of arbitrarily uh, permuting those, those states uh, is physically possible. So uh, then you can, you can uh, if that, that defines an information medium, then 
uh, you can define information as being present in a system if it is in, a, is in one of those information states and could have been in the other or in one of the others. So there's, there's your counterfactual definition of information. And um, we, we haven't had, a, uh, now apart from the fact that this works, the only concrete result that we can <laughs> display at the moment is the fact that this is also enough to define quantum information. And quantum information, that is, it's not the same definition, but you, uh, given that framework, you can define quantum information uh, in a very simple way that uh, you can say that an object can hold quantum information if it can, uh, if it has some states that uh, can hold information, and if it has another state, set of states that can also hold information, and if the union of those two sets of states cannot hold information. And uh, that, uh, when you have a system like that, it, it, uh, we call it in constructor theory, we call it super information, but uh, the only practical theory at the moment that has super information is quantum theory. So this, our result is that um, uh, quantum information and all its important properties just follow from this small difference in the, in the way that information appears in the theory. In, in classical physics, it appears in the way that every classical uh, information medium um, has only one maximal set of states that can hold information. We can have another one, but it won't be, uh, it won't be compatible. And then quantum uh, theory has two compatible uh, sets of states where the union of the two is not a set of information states. That is because, by the way, uh, because they can't be um, distinguished by any physical process. We, we, they can't be reliably distinguished by any physical process. So that's our, our, our main result in regard to information to date. But uh, as I think Sam um, uh, told you, the, um, what we're hoping for is that this notion of information and therefore of measurement and computation uh, can tell us um, what information can tell us a measurement theory in um, new proposed laws of physics such as uh, qubit field theory where um, the the existing concepts are not enough um, we have we have in qubit field theory we have separated systems where the observables um, do not commute with each other and yet causality is maintained and that's conceptually very difficult. And so you have to build a new theory of measurement. We're not in Kansas anymore, as we keep saying. And uh, to build a proper theory of measurement in, in quantum theory took like, depending on how you count it, 30, 40 years of head scratching and thinking that this, is, this can't be right, this, this, this is impossible. Um, we think that 
constructor theory provides a very powerful tool for setting up a theory of measurement within a newly proposed theory of physics, even if it's very um, conceptually strange. It kind of reminds me of the fact that you can ignore fundamental principles in a given domain so long as you're far away from the limiting case, but by which I mean it's easy to work in Newtonian physics if you're not approaching the speed of light. And it strikes me that measurement kind of feels similar, where you can rely on sort of your intuitions of how measurement ought to work. But as you said, once you start leaving Kansas, as it were, you really have to understand in physical terms what constitutes a measurement. Does that seem reasonable to you? That's exactly right. And, and what you just said about measurement applies to information. I mean, it's really the same problem. Me measurement and inf in information are the, are the same problem. And, and um, uh, even in relativity, Einstein had this problem of defining what measurement is essentially. Um, and, and the concept of measurement had to be different because there's no such thing as simultaneity and, and so on. But that problem uh, was important and he solved it, but it was minor compared with uh, the analogous problem that arose in quantum theory. Um, and, and I think that future theories are, are going to challenge our intuition more than previous ones. I mean, th this has been the experience that, that new fundamental theories in physics challenge uh, our intuitions in, in uh, unpredictable ways. And uh, with constructor theory, we hope to have a tool that helps us to, to uh, um, formulate our intuitions properly, given the new theory, whatever it is. So is it fair to say that with your and Chiara's work on constructor theory of information, you've effectively unified classical and quantum information, and it's only that they differ in uh, one property? Yes, uh, I, I, I think that that is what this work has done. And I, I would hold that out, as I just said, that uh, as, as being our, our one concrete result of the, the constructor theory of information so far. Um, maybe uh, Chiara's results in, in um, constructor theory of thermodynamics also count as uh, because she uses the constructor theory of information there as well so maybe maybe her results in in thermodynamics count as well um, but the real fun is going to begin when we um, uh, when when we apply constructor theory to physical theories that uh, go beyond quantum theory that are incompatible with quantum theory. And that, that's what we mean by not being in Kansas anymore. And, and uh, I, I think that is when constructor theory will come into its own. My guess is that it will not be, it will, just won't be practically possible to make progress um, without an overarching framework like constructor theory. Now, now, as I said, constructor theory could be wrong, but in that case, it. <laughs> trying to develop it will show us what what is needed instead i i don't think we can make progress without such a framework right right 
and you know every even if constructive theory is wrong as you say every error will kind of show us maybe why it's wrong and we can progress in other ways either way it seems like it's kind of a revolutionary uh, conceptual revolution as i think you mentioned yes. earlier yeah. i think so uh, yes i think that's very much the case so much of constructive theory is about and is expressed in principles which are laws that constrain other laws and you've conjectured in your paper with chiara several principles that explain or capture the regularities of information. So let's just go through a couple examples. So first of all, there's the interoperability principle. So what regularity of information does that capture? So we take for granted that if we have um, information in one physical medium, let's say a book, uh, even if it's an ancient book uh, that that um, was produced by a culture that we don't know about, um, we we don't yet know what the symbols mean or what their language was and so on. We are we take for granted nowadays that the uh, information content of this book uh, and therefore the knowledge content as well can be. Um, faithfully copied into a different medium. For example, um, uh, magnetic domains in a, in, a, in a microchip or into sound waves when, when somebody reads it to somebody else or indeed into, into our retinas and brains as well and, and so on. So all these are examples of information transcending the substrate in which it's instantiated. So information is, is this weird hybrid of a thing that information can only exist in physical form, and yet it is independent of the, of the specific physical form in which it is ever instantiated. So, but, but this, what I've just described now, although it's extremely familiar and taken for granted, is not logically necessary at all. It is conceivable that physics could be different and not satisfy this principle so that you could have um, some physical objects that, that have information and have uh, science possible and, and uh, you know, uh, observables and uh, measurements and, um, uh, and even civilization and so on, and that it simply wasn't translatable into another physical system which could also have science and 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 so forth, the whole the whole edifice of knowledge and yet they weren't intertranslatable so uh in in theory so uh, aliens from another planet uh, could could be based on different physics not just different physical objects but different aspects of physical laws could come and visit us and could be fundamentally unable to communicate with us. Um, uh, this is logically possible, but the principle of constructive theory says that it is not so. And all known physical theories um, have the property that wherever they instantiate information, it is indeed interoperable with, with other information. So it can be, it can be information in electron spins 
can be translated into information in microwave cavities, which can be uh, written down and published as ink on paper and, you know, the, the whole works. And it, it all um, with arbitrarily reliable uh, copying. So um, it seems to be a feature of our universe. It is, uh, as far as uh, most people can conceive, as far as I can conceive, it, it is a necessary feature for knowledge and for science as we know it to exist at all. Um, and it, although it is a feature of all known physical theories, there's no known physical law, or there had been before constructor theory, there is no known physical law that implies it. It, it, it happens to be a feature that laws, as far as we know, obey, but uh, unlike, say, the law of conservation of energy, that there's no, no one has uh, expressed this regularity as a law until constructor theory came along. And so that's the principle of uh, interoperability of information. And you had mentioned the scientific method in your answer. So I just want to talk about uh, one more principle. And uh, first of all, it does seem like from your work in the constructor theory of information that you're actually integrating parts of the scientific method itself into fundamental physics. I mean, tell me if I'm wrong, but that, that's certainly what it seems like. So, uh, yes, uh, it, I would rather say that we're expressing parts of the, the uh, scientific methodology in constructor theory. Um, it it um, uh, specific principles like interoperability could be modified um, uh, without, without making the rest of constructor theory fall. Uh, it, it's just that it could only be modified in a way that was compatible with the rest of the theory. And, and if the theory has to be um, modified too much, then it's a matter of degree whether you call it the same theory. You know, it, it, it might, might be some conceptually different framework from constructive theory. Um, so uh, the, the interoperability of information is, is related to the comprehensibility of the universe in this way. If the universe isn't wholly comprehensible, which, by the way, philosophically, I think that's ridiculous, but as a physicist, I have to allow it as a possible uh, property that a theory might have, um, then uh, some, in, in some ways, constructive theory could be uh, altered to um, reflect that. But as I said earlier, at least it would give us an early warning that something profound is, is happening when we, when we postulate that, something which has profound implications for physics for the laws of physics as we know them. Some, some, the laws of physics have to be formulated not just differently, but, but uh, it, it, with, with different modes of explanation, not, not just with different explanations, uh, which have yet to be discovered. Um, constructive theory would give us an early warning of that. And uh, you know, if, 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 these, if these new theories had that property and made sense, then they might be uh, accommodatable in a modified version of constructor theory.
but we're being very speculative now. <laughs> I don't think any of that is going to happen. I think constructive theory will be a reliable guide to what, not to what the next theory is, but to what the next theory can't be, or, or what the next theory can't be without uh, a revolution bigger than it looks at first sight. Right, right. So part of the one of the features of constructor theory is that because it's kind of in a way a theory about theories, it yes. forbids certain kinds of theories from being possible. Whereas in the prevailing conception, the theories forbid just what physical phenomena are possible. So it's kind of a level, it's a higher level theory in that sense. Yes. Well, the, the, the prevailing conception theories forbid what is possible under that particular theory. So the, the theories don't speak about each other. <laughs> so, so they, they don't say, they don't say, uh, uh, say um, the laws of dynamics don't say that the perpetual motion machine is impossible. They say a perpetual motion machine is, in, is impossible under Lagrangian dynamics, let's say. But, but somebody couldn't, uh, but, but there, Physicists have conjectured for, for over a hundred years that, um, that there is a principle of physics, the principle of conservation of energy, that is a principle about other theories, including ones we don't know yet. And so we use the principle of conservation of energy as a guide to conjecturing new theories, because we know that if a new theory uh, violates the principle of conservation of energy, then something, either it's false or something, we have to reconceptualize the world under that theory. It's not just the change uh, of the type of changing a parameter or adding a new term in an equation. Right, right. And it, it speaks to the fact that um, merely falsifying theories is not quite as straightforward as sometimes it's made out to be. There's, you know, there's always background knowledge and so forth. That's right. Yes. Uh, and th with, with conservation of energy, this has in fact happened. Uh, for a start with, with neutrinos, it, it, that's our favorite example. Uh, neutrinos were discovered because uh, people noticed that appa energy apparently wasn't being conserved and therefore uh, some new process must be involved. And this turned out to be weak interactions, weak nuclear interactions. But another example is uh, relativity itself, where um, the notion of the, the, the principle of the conservation of energy, well, principle of conservation of energy can be expressed in a number of different forms, which in pre-relativistic physics were all equivalent to each other. But with relativity, it turned out that some of those um, some of those formulations were um, incompatible with relativity. And uh, fortunately, there are conceptions of the law of conservation of energy, which are compatible with general theory of relativity. Now, it could be that some modification of relativity, like if there was a good theory of uh, dark energy, for, for example, which violated the principle of conservation of energy, some people have proposed, then the principle of conservation of energy um, 
would have been refuted. But this very fact guides our theorizing about dark energy. Because having a theory of dark energy that makes it incompatible with any kind of principle of conservation of energy would be a big revolution, much bigger than it looks if you just look at the, an additional term in Einstein's equations. So let's talk about one more principle um, so that listeners can get a taste of what the constructive, what principles look like in constructive theory really, um, but more specifically in constructive theory of information. The principle of consistency of measurement you expressed in your paper with yes. Chiara. I wonder if you could uh, elaborate on that principle and talk yes. about what regularities you're capturing there that we all sort of take for granted already. Yes, so this is, this is one of the principles that, that we use to make sense of information in the context of measurement, which is the main context we originally wanted it in. Um, uh, now, we, we assume that, that, um, that this consistency of measurement has to do with information in the sense that when you measure something, say a physical quantity, like, like the speed of your car, um, what you're doing is you're uh, causing an information variable to go into a state that represents that the physical property of, of in this case, the car. So that your speedometer, for example, that uh, showing that the needle is at a certain place, that's an information observable with a certain, uh, uh, sorry, an, an information um, medium in a certain state. And that, uh, according to the theory by which it was designed, that represents a physical property of the car. Now, the uh, thing is, you can also measure the, um, the, that physical property of the car by a physically very different process. For example, the policeman might be measuring your speed with a radar gun. And um, the principle of consistency of measurement says that the speed on your sp speedometer and the speed indicated on the radar gun, if both of those are working properly, will be the same. And uh, that's really, if, if that weren't true, then there wouldn't really be such a thing as measurement in the way we normally conceptualize it. And again, conversely, if it wasn't true, the situation might be rescuable by a new conception of measurement, but that would be a big thing. Um, it, it would be a, a, a change in our philosophical framework of what science is and so on, that is much bigger than just, than could be expressed by just saying that, that um, uh, needles on speedometers and and uh, indicators on the display of a radar speed measuring device aren't necessarily equal. That, that sounds like a very tame, tame thing to say, and it is a tame thing to say in terms of the object level theories involved. But in, in terms of the principle involved, it's a huge, um, it, it would be a huge change. And again, we think that that's not going to happen. We think that the world, in fact, obeys the principle of consistency of measurement. So with these principles that you've conjectured, again, with Chiara and the 
the results that you have from your initial constructor theory of information paper. Do you expect constructor theory to solve further problems down the road within um, information theory itself, whether classical or quantum? And I say that to contrast with what we've been talking about, which is that you expect constructor theory of information to help physicists or scientists discover future theories. Uh, yes. Um, the, um, again, Chiara has been working on this. Um, the constructive theory of information does help with existing theories in, in situations where, um, although there is no new physics involved, we don't know what physics is involved. So, for example, in, in a situation where uh, systems are interacting, two systems are interacting via another system that is not understood or which is too complicated to analyze explicitly, then constructive because of the principles of constructive theory applying, we can say something about that interaction, we can make predictions about that interaction that are independent of the intervening process, um, provided that the intervening process obeys constructor theory. Yeah, you can do the same thing with, with energy. You know, you, you, can, you can say that, um, that uh, regardless of the fuel that the rocket uses, um, uh, if, if you have this amount of fuel, you cannot reach, uh, if you have this amount of energy uh, in the fuel, you cannot reach more than a certain height. So you can say that not knowing what form of energy is being used by the rocket. And similarly, when you have information uh, being exchanged between systems like, like um, uh, gravitational field and electromagnetic field and the states of an electron and so on under quantum theory. Uh, and the, the whole thing is, is uh, only parts of the system are understood exactly. And the rest on the, the, the medium that is um, uh, transferring the, the force or whatever it is from one well-understood system to another well-understood system isn't well-understood, you can still make predictions using constructor theory. That, that, the, um, uh, Chiara and Vlatko have um, several ideas where they have uh, elaborated this into a useful form that may even be um, usable in real experiments at some point. So since the constructor theory of information principles are expected to be universal, you had mentioned, I think, uh, dark matter earlier, or maybe dark energy, um, but shouldn't dark those, whatever they are, would we expect them to also conform to the constructor theoretic principles of information and the rest of constructor theories principles? Yes. I, I mean, in my opinion, um, it, it's not on the cards that they won't obey it. And of course I could be wrong. And as I said, if I am wrong, that there, there would still be useful things to be found from constructor theory. But uh, yes, I, it, um, uh, I think there is no sign in, in any of the problems arising from either dark matter or dark energy, there is no sign that uh, constructor theoretic principles are being violated. All right, David, well, this has been very interesting and very informative and I really appreciate your time.
Well, thank you very much. Uh, uh, it, it was enjoyable answering these questions and uh, I, I always learn something. <laughs> yeah, you, well, you and me both. <laughs> Have a good rest of your day. Same to you.